Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Tessa Blanchard. That's right. Tessa Blanchard, now gone from Impact Wrestling and now a free agent. What's Tessa's future? And would the WWE or AEW sign Tessa Blanchard? We talk about it on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, it's Monday, so we have my weekly power rankings so we get into my 5-1 to one of who had the best performance over the last week. And it's a Get Yourself Over Monday with Effie. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The landscape of pro wrestling has changed. This is a revolution. So it's only fitting that we change along with it, even our rankings. It's amazing how these people just side with you. Welcome to the new and improved Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! And who's down. From Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and the rest of the world of pro wrestling in this week's Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Oh, I love it how they just always side with you, Bully. Let's see if that happens again. Because I actually think, Bully, you know, I'm a glass half full type of guy bully you know that working with me over the last few years doing this show together bullshit and and uh i think you're actually gonna like my power rankings this week dave do you realize you say that every single week i do because i'm hopeful all right well take your best shot i actually think you're gonna uh agree hey, with how about this rankings. how about i do my power rankings too I mean, I, maybe you didn't hear the the opening when we were coming back. From oh no! Right? Oh no! I heard the opening. You, you've instructed people over the years to do the Dave the Greco power rankings, but what if I did mine also? All right. Do you want to do yours? I'm asking you if you would have a problem with me doing mine. 
I would I would have no issue or problem with you doing your power rankings. No. Great. Then I'll do them next week instead of you doing yours. How about that? That sounds like a great idea. I'm glad you came up with it. Oh, okay. Of course. When when we're gonna have the Great American Bash and uh, Night One of Fighter Fest and everything out, that's when you decide that you want to do the power rankings. I'm gonna do my power rankings next week. You said it was okay if I do it, so I'll I'll, I'll defer to next week because I don't want to step on you this week. All right. Let me ask you a question, Bully, because I'm a reasonable guy. Would you like moving forward that we both do power rankings? Or do you want to just, you know, come in every once in a while to do your power rankings? I'm willing to listen. We've had no, you're not willing to listen because you had the opportunity to listen twice before. And the Busted Open Nation says they want the legit, credible pro wrestling power ranking i'm not even saying the bully ray i'm not going to be so so egomaniacal that i need to put my name on a power rankings like you do okay they want the pro wrestling power rankings not the dave lagreca power rankings the power rankings that are inspired by personal feelings and who do i like better this week and you know oh this should be a great week oh this should be, a, I know who should be number one. I know who should be number one. And if you don't put this in the person at number one, I know why you didn't put the person at number one because you didn't have the guts to put them at number one because of what she did to your number one. Uh, we're definitely going to have a different number one then because uh, I don't know what you're talking about and it doesn't describe my number one. So the nation wants the legit credible pro wrestling power rankings the one that have no personal feelings involved yeah. you obviously can't my power do that. rankings my no. power rankings no absolutely not oh you know what bully all right all right a couple weeks ago Gabby. you're like oh the undertaker i'm giving all five spots to the undertaker yeah Why? he deserves it so no, he doesn't he deserves one spot one spot no, top spot he deserves all five top spot number 1 all right, Bully, I will entertain you, okay? Guns and Gabby, next week on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, it, Bully will do his personal jaded power rankings at 10 a.m. So make sure, all right, get the get the uh, the signage ready, get the you know the gimmicks ready, get the, you know, the audio ready. Don't need nothing. I don't need audio. I don't need any background music. I don't need a big announcement. I need I just absolutely nothing. I need I just nothing. I don't. As a matter of fact, I want nothing of what LaGreca has. I want the most stripped down version so we could just do the credible pro wrestling power rankings. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something that you never do. I'm going to even ask the nation. Oh, no. See, that's bullshit. That's bullshit because that's cheating. No. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. How is it cheating? On this power rank? Because it's supposed to be your power rank. It is going to be mine. But I want to have some inclusive inclusive stuff with them. So I'm more than willing to listen to what the nation thinks the power rankings should be next week. And then I will give mine. So since I'm doing the power rankings next week... Busted Open Nation, you are all invited to do the power rankings with me, and we'll do it together. That's so lame. That's why you open up the phone lines after the power rankings to get people's takes on the power rank. So you're not doing the power rankings next Next week. Next week is my week, and we're going to do it the way I Next nope, week's the nation's doing the power Okay, rankings. fine. You know what? Since I don't need to attach my name to it, next week will be the Busted Open Nation's Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. There you go. That's it. You're right. Okay. It should be All the right. Busted Open Nation. We don't have to attach anybody's name to it. 
Are you ready for this week's power rankings? Dave LaGreca's quintessential power rankings. Are you ready? And there you have it. Sure, go uh, ahead. All right. Did you hear, by the way, did you hear uh, Stone Cold mention me in the uh, Broken Skull sessions last night? No, I think the, the DVR skipped on that one. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not on DVR. It was on the network. So. Yeah, same thing. Good, good to see your support. Must, All right. must, must, must have skipped. <laughs> I, heard, I heard him say busted open. Are you ready for the Dave LaGreca quintessential power rankings? Sure, Dave. All right, let's start it off as we always do. How about this bully with a tag team and a tag team from AEW who might just be changing the environment of tag team wrestling at number five. You eating with the big boys, and when it comes to FTR, y'all bit off a little more than you can chew. Because we talk heavy, we hit hard, and we are the absolute best tag team on this planet. All right, FTR at number five. First of all, a big way, a big win on AEW last night. And FTR, if you're listening to Tony Schiavone and JR during what took place during that match, Bully, maybe even changing the environment uh, when it comes to tag team wrestling, FTR at number five. At number four, again, another tag team at number four from the WWE just so happens wearing tag team gold. Oh, and Sasha's pulling her in. Yeah, she's got her. And now bank statement. Bank statement on Payton. Oh, all that pressure on the neck and spine. And a tap out. Bailey and Banks retain. All right, over a big win over the Iconics that we've been talking a lot about here on Busted Open. Bailey and Banks, your tag champions, with a win and at number four. At number three, let's go back to SmackDown from this past Friday. We still have to get in to SmackDown, and this was definitely a highlight at number three. And now Dana oh. Brooke into the matchup once again. Oh, 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 oh. right. Nikki oh from behind. Definitely highlighted by Lacey Evans, but you know what? Nikki Cross gets that gets that win, a big win, because now she's the number one contender for that SmackDown Women's Championship. We're going to see that played out at Extreme Rules in July, and Nikki Cross at number three. I know you're going to have a problem based on what you just said, but you're going to have to go back to Monday Night Raw for my number two. Now, I might have been able to put Asuka at number one, but there were certain things that happened on Monday Night Raw that caused Asuka to get the win, but it's a big win. Again, we're not going to see Charlotte for a while now, Bully. It looks like it might even be a long while before Charlotte's back on Monday Night Raw, but your Raw Women's champion Asuka at number two. And to me, this was the best performance all week long in pro wrestling. And it was from Wednesday night. And it's my number one. And Keith Lee delivering a big bang catastrophe to Balor. Keith Lee will meet Adam Cole. Winner takes all. 
Keith Lee with a dominant performance in that main event from NXT on Wednesday night. And Keith Lee, your North American champion, and we're going to find out next Wednesday what he's going to be able to do against Adam Cole. And maybe he might have two championship titles instead of just one. So my power rankings for this week, Bully, who knows, this might be the last time you hear the LaGreca Power Rankings at number five, FTR. At number four, Bailey and Banks. At number three, Nikki Cross. At number two, Asuka. And at number one, Bully, Keith Lee. All right, here we go. So right off the bat, I can make an art. I, I like your number one. Your number one is good. Your number one is strong. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely make an argument for Asuka being number one over Keith Lee. She tapped out Charlotte. When was the last time you've ever seen anybody tap out Charlotte? Say You just don't see it. You don't. When was the last time? I don't remember. Has anybody ever tapped out Charlotte? No, it's not coming to my mind, no. Because if if it happened, maybe it happened once, and it would have been eons ago if it ever happened. I'm sure it did happen. it's not the current run of Charlotte Flair. That's for sure. No. Asuka made Charlotte tap. That is a pretty strong victory. Although, Keith Lee did beat two other guys. A strong victory. I could make an argument for both. Here's two names that I'm shocked you left off the rankings, and I think either one of them would have been a better choice than Bailey and Sasha. Because Bailey and Sasha beating the Iconics is not a tremendous win at all. But what about Karrion Cross's victory over Bronson? Bronson Reed. You know what? I had uh, I had Karrion Cross on my list. He was somebody that was it was it was difficult because of his dominant performance and the momentum he's been building week in and week out. I took the championship victory because there were titles on the line a little bit higher than that. But you know what, bully? And I'm being completely honest here. Uh, I can understand you putting Karrion Cross on on not only on the rankings but as high as four on the rankings from this past week i think carrying cross's momentum and dominant performance in last week was extremely powerful and i think carrying cross's victory over bronson uh reed was stronger than bailey and sasha's win over the iconics also what about cameron grimes over damian priest uh, I did not have him into consideration. I actually had the Street Profits in consideration from their win on Monday Night Raw, but I did not have Grimes, and the reason why is because Damian Priest was so beat up. Obviously, shouldn't even have been in the match at all. To me, that was just something that should have happened. I don't think it was much of a surprise that Grimes, again, a big win for Grimes, but because of the injury, the Damian Priest, I didn't think it was strong enough to be on the power rankings this week. And with everybody screaming about how great of a victory FTR had over SCU, why not have them a little higher in the rankings? Because I think with with uh, the championship titles on the line, like Bailey and Sasha, and I really do think the the momentum with Bailey and Sasha, and the fact that Bailey right now has two belts. Now, listen, if FTR does change the environment in tag team wrestling in AEW bully, we're gonna look back at that as even bigger than maybe even any of the wins. Because if they can change the culture of AEW tag team wrestling, that's probably going to be more significant than anything that we saw over the past week. Had to had to put it on the rankings. But again, Bully, this is why it's fun. And I'm glad that we're having this discussion. Because 
two really, and I and I mean this, Carrying Cross is a good is a good name to throw out there. FTR being higher on the list is good, and I think it is a good discussion between Keith Lee and Oscar. I had to go with Keith Lee because of the things you just said about Oscar. Is that if there wasn't the Nia Jax involvement on Monday Night Raw, if Oscar would have had Charlotte tap. In a match, which is really the way they should have gone, especially since Charlotte's going to be off of TV for what might be a while, Bully. Um, Asuka clearly would have been number one. But I think having the Nia Jax involvement, it lessens the victory. Because I think they put more emphasis on the Nia Jax beatdown than they did on Asuka being able to get Charlotte to tap. The big story coming out of that uh, out of that show and out of that match should have been Asuka, where I think it was more about Nia Jackson, Charlotte than Asuka, and I think that's a shame. I could see your perspective on that. Uh, I want to get back to something else you just said, which I think is a lot more important. I want to go back to the FTR discussion for a second. You're saying that you hope they change the culture of tag wrestling in AEW, right? Yes. I'm not looking for the tag culture to be changed. I'm looking for teams to just play by the rules a little bit more. I think that teams like the Bucks changed the culture in AEW, but not necessarily for the better. If you want to change the culture of something or give a new spin on something, that's fine. But please just don't take the rule book and throw it out the door. So with FTR, I want to see them... I think there's the opportunity within the storyline for them to bring, quote unquote, the credibility of tag matches back to AEW, the traditional, the traditional uh, style of tag matches, while still allowing the tag teams to keep doing all of the moves they want and all the craziness and the dives. If you want to do that, go get them. I, I I will never be that veteran guy who said, oh, you can't do that move or you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that because that just doesn't work. I, I've never really believed in that. I believe in doing the stuff when the time is right. So I'd like to see FTR just within a storyline bring back what tag team wrestling is has been for so long. And if you want to do those crazy matches where everybody's, all the tag teams are in the ring at the same time, then just call it a tornado tag and then, and, and we'll get it right off the bat. Bully, let me ask you this. Cause obviously this has been a big topic on busted open. Uh, not, I mean, even on social media, when it's discussed, when it comes to the officiating in, in the tag matches and not enforcing the rules in the tag matches, Again, you know, you, you kind of forget, but AE, AEW Dynamite is only eight months old. It's only been around for eight months. Do you think that this culture was okay when you had the occasional show, but when you're watching it on a week-to-week basis, it's very, very glaring? And and maybe these are the growing pains of, like, a new show and a new company? Let's, let's uh, take anything that I have said or could say about AEW breaking the rules of matches or not caring about the referees. You brought up the referees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's forget about my opinion. Let's forget about your opinion for a second. 
I'm going to I'm going to shine the spotlight on something that's so glaring that it 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 speaks volumes to how there's a referee issue in AEW that I think they can address by next week snap of a finger one discussion. Here's the glaring here's the glaring spotlight. When have you ever in your career heard announcers Talking about the referees in such a negative light. Never. I I I mean, other than like the 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 you know, Danny Davis back in the in, in the in the eighties where he was like a quote unquote heel referee and then you know, and I know there was the, the also the thing in in the late eighties with a a a w a. Um other than that, where it was storyline driven, I don't think we ever have bully. Do you think that at least once a week, Shivani or JR have to make light of the poor officiating just to cover their own credibility? Well, definitely with Jim Ross. We've heard him mention it more than just one week. Yes. So my point is this. Isn't that enough of an example of how much of a problem there is that announcers keep acknowledging it? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I isn't I it think- an announcer? Isn't it an announcer's job to shine light on the positive and try to stay away from the negative? But that's but to the point now, bully. I'm starting to question whether now this is storyline driven or not. Because when you have a new team that just came on the scene, like you just mentioned, the word when it comes to FDR credibility, when a team like that is saying and 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 part of their stance coming in is that fact and you have your announcers acknowledging that it makes me feel like now either there's going to be change because you're not going to acknowledge it to me unless you know there's going to be change or it's part of a storyline so i'm just wondering if AEW is having some growing pains about, hey, the Young Bucks have a certain style to the way they do tag team wrestling. I'm wondering if they're trying to, you know, find that happy medium where, hey, they're abiding by the rules. They're, they're going to have the, the tag rules, but also keep that fast paced action that AEW fans seem to like, especially when it comes to their tag team division. And listen, I'll say it again. I think AEW has the best tag team division, bar none. You could take any show right now. I don't care what show it is. AEW has the strongest tag team division. So when FTR comes in and they want to change the culture and they're bringing up that certain tag teams aren't abiding by the rules and your Hall of Fame commentator is saying that as well, I would think, hey, it's either going to be a change or there's going to be a storyline involved. And I think that they have the the benefit of using FTR within a storyline to get the rules back on track. I don't think if FTR was around, they would have the ability to do this. I believe that they're kind of off the rails when it comes to that tag team wild, wild west mentality of we're going to do whatever we want, whenever we want. And the referee is just there to count three. Um, I think hopefully 
we're going to see a storyline that involves FTR talking about the credibility of tag wrestling. Say, you know, even mentioned, we got Arn here, we got Tully here. These guys were tag team specialists. Yada, yada. The Rock and Roll Express was here for a little bit. The tag team specialists. Guys that played by the rules and adhered to the rules. That's within the storyline. And then you can have all of these great tag teams that you've mentioned that are in AEW go out there and do all of the things that the fan base knows and loves, but just working within the confines of the rules. And the great thing about AEW is there's a lot of freedom there. Listen, in the WWE, tag teams don't, there's a lot more rules and regulations when it comes to tag team wrestling there. And what do they have to do? They have to be creative. They have to find ways to make things work. This way they're keeping credibility on the referee. Have you ever heard um, any WWE announcer talk about how bad of a job an official is doing while refereeing a tag match. No, usually it's the other way. They're usually covering up what happened because there's things that we have said where there may have been a mistake or something else, but they find a way to kind of cover that up. You said something that's interesting, Bully, as far as like, you know, the rules and maybe even bending or changing the rules at times. Like, we've seen that happen in the past. Look at the Freebirds. There was, there was the Freebird rule where, hey, if they're, if they're tag team champions, any member of the Freebirds free could defend that. We saw that even recently with the New Day. So rules can be changed. Rules can be massaged, but there needs to be a foundation for those rules. And I'm wondering, going back to my power rankings with FTR, because I said that we may look back at FTR from this past week and probably remember that more than anything else from, from the week. I actually hope that it does prompt change. And I'm wondering if we are going to see some change even as soon as this Wednesday. But Dave, tell me how you feel about this and try to explain this and make a logical, make logical sense and, and, and give me a, a, a good point. You ready? You're talking about the changing of the rules. In traditional tag team wrestling, how long of a count does a team have to do a double team move? F uh, five seconds. Okay, and then every once in a while they stay in there a little longer and the referee admonishes them and then the one guy gets out, right? Yep. But for the most part, since day one, it's been five seconds. When AEW decided to start up, what did they do with their tag team rules? How long do tag team wrestlers have to stay in, in the ring in AEW? No, I know. I, I don't think that they changed that rule. As far as I know, it was outside but not inside. Did they, they, did they extend that time? Maybe I'm wrong, and I, and I could be. I thought when AEW first started, there was a 10 count for tag team double team moves. Okay, I'll have to double check that, but that but but either way, bully, it hasn't been enforced even with the 10 count because you That's still have to That's my point. Yeah. You changed so you changed the rules to make your style of tag team wrestling a little bit easier so your tag teams can be in the ring longer, but then you're not even abiding by your own rules. And nobody's supposed to have a problem with that? And listen, I'm only, I only have a problem with it from the professional's point of view. From the fan's point of view, I can watch that. Yeah, go out there, go crazy, give me the tornado match, yada, yada, yada. It's all good. But my job and my responsibility to the show and to wrestling fans is to try to give you both sides. And I'm trying to tell you why if you've changed your own rules to fit the structures and the psychology of your match, can you do me a favor? 
Can you just stick to your own rules? Yeah, and, and, and they did, by the way. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they did move it from five seconds to ten seconds. That is that is the rule for AEW, like within the confides of the ring. So and 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 within wrestling, because we can we can it could be whatever we want to be, we can turn that 10 seconds into 15 seconds just by the cadence, you know? The just the referee counting a tad bit slower. Yeah. And even even this 10 seconds. And this is the reason why you're seeing guys like Shivani and especially JR have to mention it. So people who go on social media and accuse me of oh, bullies being too hard on AEW or bullies burying AEW, I'm not burying anything. I'm talking about a glaring problem, a problem that's so glaring that the announcer of all announcers, Jim Ross, on a weekly basis is making light of it. Do, do you people, what world do you people want to live in? You want to live in a realistic world? Is it entertaining? Sure, it's entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and say that AEW tag matches are not entertaining. Yes, they are. And I guess at the end of the day, that's what really counts the most. But can we kind of adhere to a little bit of the rules and regulations? And I didn't want to get on this rules conversation. You brought it up. <laughs> Actually, I put FTR on my power rankings, but to give AEW credit, bully, like they're letting their commentators speak their mind because if that happened in the confines of the WWE, you would not be hearing one of their commentators openly criticizing their officiators, official officials, or the officiating. Like this is where I have to give. AEW a lot of credit where they give their commentators the freedom to do that because that would never happen in a WWE booth. No, absolutely. And, and I'm wondering how much attention they're paying to it because it's going on. It's, it's happening a lot. Why are we talking about it on the show? Because it's happening so much on their show. It's getting to the point where you've texted me about JR acknowledging mm -hmm. the referees doing a poor job. It, it's so, so glaring. So how can it not be a discussion? And you know what? Hey, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I'm going to say it. Aren't we having FTR on the show next week? I, I think they're, they're, we're, we're working on getting them on the show, yes. I think this is going to be an awesome conversation to have with them on the show. Talking to the biggest names in pro wrestling. WWE Hall of Famer Edge. I had to start with Randy. I knew that coming back, having this cherry of a story dropped in his lap, that Randy would step up. He just needed something to be able to sink his teeth into. But then the next night after the Rumble, when I heard people screaming, I was like, oh my God. This feels like old school NWA Dusty Rhodes. Like, this is what I was hoping for. I was like, man, this is going to be so much fun. Busted open. Monday through Saturday, 9 to noon Eastern. Over the weekend, uh, Impact Wrestling severed ties with Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I believe that her contract was up by the end of the month, but Impact Wrestling decided to uh, part ways with Tessa Blanchard. A lot of layers when it comes to the Tessa Blanchard story with Impact Wrestling uh, since the pandemic, and they've been doing tapings. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, who is not only their champion, but their world champion, uh, has not been at any of the TV tapings. She's been stuck in Mexico and 
from, I guess, what she was saying was hard for her to be able to cross the border to go to the tapings. But also hear a lot of reports that Impact Wrestling still wanted her to tape some promos leading up to what is one of their biggest pay-per-views with Slammiversary that's coming up next month and that never happened so impact wrestling decided to let tessa blanchard go before her contract was up yeah it's it's kind of hard for me to speak on this because i don't know what's truth and not truth what's fact and not fact um tessa's really good in the ring Mm -hmm. tessa i believe is an asset to any women's division other than that, I don't know what else there is to say on this, Dave. I mean, she, she's in Mexico. She couldn't make it. Um, it's basically a, a they said versus a he she said. I mean, everything that you're saying is probably what you're reading on the Internet. Or do you know yeah. something factually? No, no, no. These are just, like I said, reports that I've been reading. I don't know any facts about it. But I'm just I'm just, I'm just, just bringing it up because, obviously, this is big news. Tessa Blanchard, now, obviously, now she's been stripped of that world title. She was their world champion. They have their biggest pay-per-view coming up in a month. And now... Tessa Blanchard, who people regard as one of the top five women wrestlers, is now a free agent. Okay, so what would you do? If you were Tessa Blanchard, where would you want to go? Or if you were a company, would you want Tessa Blanchard? Well, there's a couple of things here because, and again, you know, Tessa Blanchard's somebody who has been on this show many, many times. I mean, nothing but positive interactions with Tessa Blanchard. And very and speaking with her on and off the air, an extremely positive person. But there has been, and again, these are reports. I don't know. I've never eyewitnessed any of these things. But, you know, the WWE did have a chance to sign her. They decided not to. Uh, she then signed with Impact Wrestling. And there was reports why she didn't sign, that there was, you know, people that don't like Tessa Blanchard. And at the time, and just before she was crowned world champion, a world heavyweight champion with Impact Wrestling, she was in a lot of controversy. A lot of wrestlers came forward, said she had some racial remarks that were said in a locker room. But yet Impact Wrestling still made her their world champion and stood by her. Um, She has been stuck in Mexico, but it does seem a little odd to me, Bully, that she couldn't even just cut some promos to keep her stories going for Impact Wrestling. Obviously, with technology over the phone on Zoom, there 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 could have been ways where she could have taped things for Impact Wrestling to keep her face on TV. It is it is a little perplexing why that never happened. Um Tessa Blanchard is one of those names where people say, yes, yeah, she's ultra talent, but but there seems to always be a lot of drama surrounding her name as well. So I'm wondering, Bully, in your opinion, would a WWE sign Tessa Blanchard? Would an AEW sign Tessa Blanchard? Knowing how talented she is, but there is always seems to be a lot of controversy surrounding Tessa Blanchard. It depends on if a, you're talking about this controversy. You You talked about how whether it's been on the show or off the show, Tessa Blanchard has always been wonderful and polite and yes. all of those nice things. But then in the same breath, you say she's not very well liked or there are people within the business that don't like her. Yes. So it's, 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 it's odd 
So if a bunch of people in the business don't like her, according to you or according to reports, but you say she's a great girl, I guess it's going to be up to a company to decide whether they want to take a take a chance on her. So if you're an owner of a company, Dave, based on Tessa Blanchard's in-ring ability, are you signing her? I will definitely have a conversation with her. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I am okay, not. That's gonna... a very that's a very middle of the road answer. No, it's not. It's a smart, yes, it is. intelligent answer. No, 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 answer. no, no, no. I said based on her in ring ability, would you sign her? Oh yes, hundred percent. Yes. Okay, there. Okay, so now based on all of these rumors, all this negative stuff that you heard about her on the outside, would you sign her? It would make me think twice. Yes, I, I, I would not. Knowing all those things, I, I can't say a hundred percent that I would sign her. No. And that's where the conversation would have to come in. Yes. Because now you have to get one-on-one -on -one with this person and figure out where the truth lies. Because, listen, in the world of social media and dirt sheets and rumors and innuendo, you never really know what's true and not true. That's why I, I never put any stock into anything I read. I really try to go off of firsthand information mm -hmm. or as close to the most accurate firsthand information I can get. Otherwise, I really don't talk about it. Um, In-ring-wise, which this show really covers, I think it's a no-brainer. She's an asset to any women's division. And I've had uh, conversations in the past, and, and me and Tommy have talked about this many times. There are, there are certain talents in wrestling that are really accomplished in the ring, but might have an issue in the locker room or they, they, they show up late to work or there's always an issue or there's always drama. My thing is this, on day one, you acknowledge all that drama. Before you sign this person, the, the minute you sit down, you get all of that drama out in the open. This is what I heard. This is the, 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 the rumor that surrounds your name, blah, blah, blah. I just want to get it out there that we at this company will not tolerate any of that. We like you and your talents in the ring, and we're looking to look past all of this negative stuff we heard but we want to get it out in the open right up front, letting you know that if anything like this goes wrong, we're not going to tolerate it. As a matter of fact, we feel so strongly about it, we might even want to put something in your contract. Which I just think is smart because, Bully, we know this, like, with this show, with, with Busted Open, there's a lot of people... Obviously, you and I are on the air, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that work on this show as well. All it takes is just one person that causes drama or drops the ball or doesn't take it seriously or doesn't put the work in that could throw everyone else off. It's a trickle-down effect. And I'm sure whether it's a pro sports team in a locker room or it's a, or it's a pro wrestling organization, one person causing drama could throw everything else off. Now, there's certain people that because of their talent, there's certain things you're going to overlook because of the talent that they have. But I think in pro wrestling, probably more than any other sport, because listen, if you have a, a you know, a, a quarterback that is the best quarterback in the league, you'll, you'll take the drama. You'll take the bullshit because that person could help you win in pro wrestling. Yes. Athleticism is a big factor, 
But it's not the same thing as a high-priced quarterback or a high-priced running back where you know they're going to help you win. Are you sure about that? Well, I'm sure in pro wrestling, it's, it's, it's a lot about the creative process as well. And if somebody does not want to play ball, you know, they're probably not going to get that opportunity where in another sport, you're going to get that opportunity just based on your skill. But we've seen athletes that are highly skilled ruin a franchise. That's happened. I mean, that has definitely happened because of the locker room decorum. In pro wrestling, I would think it's even more so than other professional sports. Right now, if you owned a company, or if you, let's just say you were the booker, based on what you know, whatever information you just spewed in the past mm-hmm. five minutes about Tessa, about Tessa, would you sign her, yes or no? It depends on the company, and here's why. Like, the WWE, even though you just lost Becky Lynch and Charlotte's going to be out for a significant amount of time and we don't know the future of Ronda Rousey, like, they're, they're, they're hard for some star power for their women's division, but yet they still have names. They have Sasha. They have Bailey, They have Asuka. If I'm the WWE, I probably think twice. Do we really need Tessa Blanchard? Tessa Blanchard is known by the hardcore wrestling fans, but she's not a household name. So if I'm the WWE, I probably think twice. If I'm AEW and we really need some not only names, but we also need some talent in our women's division and her father works there, if I'm AEW, I probably do sign Tessa Blanchard. But again, for whether it's the WWE or AEW, you need to have, like you said, that sit-down conversation before you put pen to paper. Dave, once again, I asked you a very specific question. Would you sign her right now? If the decision was yours, Dave's New Jersey Wrestling Company, would you sign Tessa Blanchard right now? Not without having a sit-down, no. If... If you came out of that sit-down still iffy about her, not Effie, Effie will be on at 11. Yes. If you were still iffy about Tessa, based on her in-ring ability, would you sign her? No. Interesting. Okay. See, I'm a big believer in the in-ring ability uh, trumping everything else. I don't know if that's a dirty word or not, by the way. Um, uh, because... I believe everybody can be um, molded the correct way in wrestling. Got to remember, Tessa's young, 24 years old. Everybody makes mistakes in this business at that age with her amount of time. I know, I know she's been around for a while, but everybody's going to make mistakes. There's too much information coming at you at one time. There's a lot of people with an opinion. You don't know who to believe, who not to believe. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what I'll do is I'll look at the in-ring ability, the in-ring talent, and then I'll say to myself, all right, I'm willing to take a risk on this person because I think this person could put an ass in a seat sell a ticket, sell a t-shirt, do a buy rate. That's always job one. That's why I always say in this big list of do's and don'ts of pro wrestling, the number one thing to do is get over. Because if you're over, everything else will work itself out. I'm going to give you the perfect example of that. Shawn Michaels in the 90s. Was Shawn Michaels a known headache back in the day? Yes, he was. 
How much of a headache? Uh, towards that, that people actually hated him, a la a Jim Cornette, a la a Bret Hart. A lot of guys didn't like him, but Bret, I mean, I'm sorry, but Sean was so damn good and so damn over that Vince was re- willing to tolerate it. That's true. But again, like, but, but also Vince McMahon was loyal to Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels was loyal to Vince McMahon. That I'm, I'm talking pre Montreal screw job. Okay. No, but, but, but did Shawn Michaels ever threaten to leave the WWE? Did Shawn Michaels ever, you know, hold up the company or anything like that? I mean, he might've been a headache to work with, but he always did the right thing when it came to business. Th- that comes in question with Tessa Blitz. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. Did I'm, she hold up a company? Well, let me finish. Th- I'm not saying that this is true or not from the reports that I've heard. Did, did she do the right thing by Impact Wrestling? Did the, it's by, a, from what it's you're a hearing? Real, it's a real tricky question only because of the COVID situation. True. But I but did did the Impact Wrestling stand by Tessa Blanchard during like there was a lot of racial tension and criticism and people were calling out for Tessa's job. Not only did Impact Wrestling not fire Tessa or suspend Tessa, but they also gave her that championship title on a pay-per-view. So Impact Wrestling stood by Tessa Blanchard. Now again, Bully, I don't know this factual, but just from the reports and everything that's out there, it seems like that Tessa, and you're right, the COVID situation, it's tough, did not go from Mexico to these TV tapings, but it also seems like she didn't do anything. Like there are things that she could have done, like taping promos or done, th- you know, done things from remote where they could have kept her story and kept her on TV. And none of that happened as well. To me... If I'm going to sign Tessa Blanchard, I want to know those answers. What happened? Why didn't those things take place? Those are major red flags if I'm an, if I'm an organization wanting to sign Tessa Blanchard. A couple of things, because uh, I know we got to head into break here. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Impact Wrestling stood right by Tessa Blanchard and uh, b- probably held her up and walked her through the whole situation that she went through with the with the with the the racial slurs that she had used in the past or may have used in the past. So I agree with you. Why she didn't send videos or whatever, I have no idea, Dave. Zero clue. I think this is a great question and conversation for you to have with Tommy on Wednesday. Tommy, in-ring performer and works behind the stage, behind the scenes. He probably has some more clear, concise answers. Also, too, Tessa Blanchard's always been good with her time. I, I'd love for Tessa to come on the show. I want this to be an open forum. I, I would love for her to come on the show, but it's probably best for her to lay low right now based on you know whatever decisions she's going to make because we're going to ask her some really hard questions that she probably doesn't want to answer right now. So, I mean, from a talent's point of view, I probably want to stay away from things. But maybe she does. You know what? Get her on the phone. Call her. Yeah. And you know what? Like, if I'm Tessa like, and there's all these opinions about me, if I probably want to go on the air and and – and you know what? Address some of those things. This week on World of Basketball, four-time EuroLeague champion Kyle Hines joins the show 
and talks thoughtfully about the racial injustice in America. It's great to see the change. It's something that is much needed. I think because of everything that has kind of gone on in 2020 and because of the, the coronavirus where a lot of people are kind of sitting at home and are able to kind of pay attention more. And because there's no sports, you know, people are, are able to kind of focus their attention onto one thing. To see, you know, Champions League football, you know, where Black Lives Matter, to see protests in, in, in Asia and in, in Australia, to me, that's kind of been the, the most remarkable New episodes of World of Basketball are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Another week, bully. Forget yourself over Monday. Hopefully our guest does a great job, gets his name out there, sells some t-shirts, do what he does, get himself over. This guy's very interesting. I've heard a lot about him. He has a little bit of heat with me. I'm going to tell Whoa. him why. Yep, yep. Well, I, I, after I tell him why, you might agree with me, though. But it's all good. Interesting. Interesting. Now, before we bring our he guest tried on. To, he tried to hurt a friend of ours. Really? Yeah, friend of ours. Not a friend of mine, friend of ours. You know what I'm talking about, right? Friend no. of mine, friend of ours. You never saw Donnie Brasco? I did see Donnie Brasco. Okay. Friend of ours. I don't know who you're talking about, though, so I'm interested uh, to hear who you're he talking comes on, about. When he comes on, you'll see. Now, before we bring Effie on, and I'm really, uh, I really can't wait to talk to Effie because, Bully, when it comes to Get Yourself Over Monday, I would say that each week it's been successful. I know last week it didn't sound like it was successful, but it turned out to be successful because a lot of people – striked up a conversation with our guest after the uh, after the segment. And really, I mean, our success rate for Get Yourself Over Monday since we started this a couple of months ago has been very, very strong. I've enjoyed it. Um, I've always thought it's very important to try to help out um, the indie scene in any way you can, especially the quote-unquote what I consider the legitimate indie scene, guys that truly go out of, guys and gals that truly go out of their way to make a name for themselves, invest in their gimmick, their gear, their, their social media, and not just guys and gals that are just waiting and sitting back for, uh, for things to happen. And I don't think that's the case with our next guest. I think Effie has uh, done a, a good job of trying to get his name out there. Now, our, our next guest, let's bring him in. Let's bring in for Get Yourself Over Monday, Effie. And Effie is another example, Bully, of the fans really reaching out to us and saying they wanted to hear Effie on this show because he never followed me on social media, though I follow him on social media. I digress. But this is definitely a, a popular fan vote. So, Effie, how are you this morning? Well, good morning, guys. I'm glad we're starting on a on a hot note. It's good that we can come in here with a little bit of heat and open the discussion right up because that's important. Let's open it right up, Effie. Why do you call yourself Effie? Well, it's a shortened version of the biblical name Ephraim, which means bearing much fruit. And I am a loud homosexual most of the times. I'm a bit outspoken. So I bring the fruit to people, but it's also that blend between the WWF and the WWE. I'm a public relations professional. I ran businesses for years. I went to college for PR, for crisis communication, but I also love the gritty fight feel of wrestling. I love that performance. I love being able to create these violent stories, and that's that F side for me when it was more hardcore and crazy and people questioned it more. So I want to be both sides of that coin. Interesting, and I and you've, you've mentioned before 
that pro wrestling is an art form. And I agree that, and I think Bully would agree too, when pro wrestling is at its best, it is an art form. Describe how pro wrestling is an art form for you. To me, it is simulated combat. And when I think about an actor in a movie, right, they're doing their little parts and someone comes in and does the stunts. But what we're doing, let's say I'm booked and I have two or three matches in a weekend, over that course, using our entire body, using our physical form, using our words, We've created three basically one-act plays through violence that are simulated combat, and we've done that sort of out of thin air using our professionalism, using what we know, and coming up with that on the fly is like the ultimate form of, of acting and creating scenes. I mean, we're theater in the round. It's happening in front of your face. Effie, I, I understand how you're framing it, um, and I mm-hmm. get it. I get that take, but simulated combat? Simulated combat. I mean, do you want to really punch me in the face and kill me? Maybe. No, I don't want to kill you. No. A lot. No, I don't want to do to you what you tried to do to Izzy. Oh. Okay. All right. Now we're coming forward with it. Here's where here's where the magic starts happening. You still got an Izzy feel on this. No, 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 no. I'm like, I, I, listen, it, before you came on, I told Dave that, you know, I, I have a little bit of a, an issue with you that I wanted to discuss, but we're going to get to the Izzy thing, okay? We're going to get there. Pump the brakes. I just want to know, I, the, the simulated combat, is it really simulated combat? Isn't there a degree? I think we, Go ahead. Well, finish your question. I want to get the full grasp of this question before I jump off the deep end. Thank you for allowing me to finish my question. I appreciate that. Um, so um, is it really simulated combat? There is a degree of physicality. I don't believe there's anything simulated about the contact or the violence or the w- whatever. I believe it's very real. I don't believe it's simulated. No, but I think what we can simulate is our reactions to how we're handling it. If I just walked up to someone on the street and I gave them a Death Valley driver, they wouldn't have the particular professionalism to be able to take that move or take that violence in the same way someone else would, which allows us to keep going on and on and on. You know, Flair's working 315 nights a year in 87. If it wasn't a little simulated, the man wouldn't be walking because I saw how he got hit in the face. That's actually okay. a good yeah, point. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. It actually actually is an intelligent answer, and and Effie, you mentioned about the fact that you you know you're openly gay, and and honestly, one of the few openly gay pro wrestlers out there right now. Which you know, I would think there's there's probably more that maybe aren't are, aren't comfortable with coming out. Do you feel that that's true? And do you feel probably now more than ever would be a time to come out? Yeah, definitely. And I think right now it's hard because, the, you know, you come out now and you come out this late in the game, people are going to immediately go, well, are you just trying to get over? Are you trying to trying to be out with the gay crew? Because you see some of the gay people are starting to get booked. It's like, no, like for the first time, people feel like they can be a part of pro wrestling and not have to keep that part of themselves hidden. And so now is the time to come out. There's more people coming to shows than ever from our LGBTQ community who tell me, I've never felt comfortable at shows, but I saw you on a poster, or I saw this gay person on a poster, or I saw a trans athlete on a poster, and I felt safe actually showing up. So to know that there's people that are wrestling fans out there that we could sell tickets to if we kind of listened to what they would want to see and made an environment that was safe for them, the more people we have out now, the more we can grow that industry into these kind of niche groups that we didn't think would be viable for wrestling you know, 10, 20 years ago. 
You know what? This, that's a great answer, and I, I want to follow up on that, Effie, because you, you talked about a connection, and I'm sure pro wrestling is a connection uh, between friends, a connection between family members as well, and I'm sure like, if somebody is uncomfortable about coming out with family and friends, they could use you as an example, meaning that in the world of pro wrestling, especially if everyone is a fan, if you're accepting of, of a character and a personality that is in the ring, but is also on and truthful, that's going to make it easier for them as well. I mean, I think it's at the end of the day, it's all about understanding and communication. Absolutely. And I think there's something about wrestling fans where we're immediately not going to dismiss something that's put in front of us. We'll at least give it a chance. And I think that goes down to even the most deep South redneck people. Because when I started out, I was doing things that were amping up my sexuality. They were getting heat. But once these people saw me as a performer and I kept coming back, and they could follow along with these matches and see that I was actually a pretty good pro wrestler, their mindset on gay people can change. Their mindset on how they view these performers or people in their community can change. We just have to have that patience with them and show them that, like, hey, we're here for the love of wrestling. Give me that chance to wrestle for you, and you can tell me afterwards if you still think I'm, you know, this horrible thing. Wow. Effie, Effie, on a personal level and a professional level, uh, is there a particular company out there that you'd personally like to be a full-time member of? And professionally, where do you think your character fits the best? Um, I I honestly am not thinking about any companies right now. I think we've hit a, a place in wrestling where it's just as easy if you have the information to look up an Effie match as it is to look up an Undertaker match. And I know that's a giant comparison. But if you're just Googling on the Internet, it's just as fast to pull up one of my matches as it is someone else's. And right now we're in this sort of pause period where whether you're producing wrestling in front of an audience or not, no one's really getting over. We're all just trying to hang on. We're trying to keep ourselves up so when we're actually booked again, when we can run shows, when we can really film TV, that we're back there on the front line of things. So right now the goal has been how far can you go in professional wrestling, using professional wrestling, reaching out to these other sources, using other media types, using, um, you know, I did my big gay brunch. Well, I didn't get to do it because it didn't happen. But that was something where I was reaching out to the LGBTQ community and saying, can we sell three or 4,000 tickets in Tampa? Granted, it's during WrestleMania week, but if I put my money on bringing the gay community in for Tampa, can we create an event that is something they never thought they'd enjoy? And we never got to actually do it, but we were selling a lot of tickets. And it's right now for me, it's like, can I bank on just Effie and not use a company's cloud or a company's platform to get over and, and do it myself? It sounds very much like you are, you know, truly betting on yourself. Then you don't want to rely on anybody else except you and the tools that you have at your disposal at, at this given moment. Right. And I think even now during pride month, I keep, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I've been able to take this weird little Avenue of wrestling I've created and, like, we raised $1,600 for cameos, like, just having people ask me to do little messages from the gay community for a charity here in Atlanta, Georgia. I did a shirt earlier this year where I raised almost $2,000 just selling the shirt on pro wrestling tees for a very small uh, LGBTQ charity in D.C. right after I won a belt up in that area. So doing things like that and being able to make money and have that leftover to pour out into the community, that tells me we're doing something right and we're hitting something. You know, Effie, as you're explaining like what's going on right now, I think it's a big reason why Bully wanted to do this segment to begin with. And the fact that it's like I think everyone is in a holding pattern 
right now, um, you know, where it's like you're kind of just trying to keep your head above water until we can get on the other side of what's going on with this pandemic. I mean, how difficult is it to do? Because in pro wrestling, in life right now, uh, it's hard to be a little edgy about things, to get yourself noticed. Is, is, is that difficult to do, you know, in this current state of pro wrestling right now? Well, especially now, I mean, I've gone, I, I don't want to say I've gone, but professional wrestling has gone through a numbing week where people we thought were speaking out for us or people we thought were on our side have been outed as abusers and predators and sex pests. And this is happening live in front of us. We're watching a large part of this higher end indies just get shut out. And we sort of have to look at each other and go, these people we were trying to impress or these places that we thought were in charge of wrestling or we thought were doing the right thing weren't there for us. We've got to look at each other and do the building ourselves now. So we've got to be able to adapt and go into new you know, environments. I've been spending a lot of time on Twitch where it's like, I'm not wrestling, but I can watch wrestling. I can show off wrestling to other people that they may not know about. Like we did an all women of color show last Monday night, ran against Vince and got to show that off to people where they said, we've never heard of these wrestlers. So it's like, if I can use that to, to build during this time and show off other wrestling and show off other skills I have, I can do commentary. I can host. I can have a three-hour show where I just play video games. Using our other skills right now is going to be what sets us apart when we finally get back into things. So, Effie, let me ask you this. I was busting your chops a little earlier on about uh, something that you did with Izzy. I know you do. Um, So uh, just to bring people up to speed and bring Dave up to speed. So obviously Izzy, one of the listeners of the show, 12, 13 years old, whatever she is now, great fan of ours, probably going to take me and Dave's job and have uh, Izzy's busted open one day. Um, You decided uh, you were in in an indie show down there in Florida and you actually had Izzy in the ring and did a spot with her uh, where you choke slammed her at, uh, I don't know, she probably was 11 or 12 at the time last year. How did this come about and why did you think it was a good idea to choke slam a 12-year-old girl? Um, this is a great question. Let me let this siren pass. So her parents have come to me and said she'd been training for wrestling for about seven months. Everyone said, she can do this, she can do this, she can do this. I said, can you, have you, like, do you bum? She's like, yeah. I said, okay, we put this match together. If you watch the full match on YouTube, it's, I get my ass kicked in the end. I end up taking a stunner. I end up getting beat up. She wins the belt from me. But that was the one bump spot that I wanted to have. And I said, well, I think I can follow you down with it. I think we can do it safely. We practiced it together. We practiced it with Leva Bates. It seemed to be okay. People really blew up at that spot. And, was it irresponsible? Probably so. In the time, did it feel like we were doing anything crazy? No, but, you know, she probably shouldn't have no-sold me to the corner and kicked out at two strongly if yeah. it was going to be the most painful spot of the night. So, yeah, was that spot a lapse in judgment? Probably. I'm surprised that when I slapped her, people didn't see that. Now, it's a, it's a slap, Bully Ray, but it wasn't a slap, if that makes sense. But that spot looked worse because she really sold it down to her knees. So... Overall, I, can, I think the match is fine, and that's fine. And but I can I get her choke slam again. No, oh, and, and 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 I'm glad you're honest, and and that's fair because I can actually get around all of the other stuff. Do I think a 12 year old girl should be in the ring? No, but that's my own personal opinion. I know some of the Japanese girls start training at a very early age. Some of the talent down in Mexico start training at an early age, and I know 
Izzy's been bumping since the day she came bobsledding out, and I get it. She wants to be involved, but I just thought the chokes, there's, there are entirely too many things that can go wrong with that, especially with landing high on the neck or anything like that. So that's the only thing that I was questioning. I like, I know why Izzy wanted to do it. You know, young girl, so excited, wants to be in the ring. I was just wondering why there wasn't maybe just a little bit more better judgment on your part, but you explained it quite well and you, and you accept kind of the responsibility. So all good, man. For sure. For sure. And I will say this, the big joke of the whole thing is Izzy ended up leaving wrestling training, was getting bullied after all of this and went to take legit MMA training. And now is one of the top female high school wrestlers in Florida. I mean, she's tearing the house down whenever she's doing any kind of MMA or wrestling competition. So instead of letting her work in wrestling, we sent her out to actually break people's necks. I mean, and Izzy is somebody that frequently calls this show. And, and Bully, I think you would agree that she's got a lot of drive that people her age do not have. And, and I would be surprised if she's not successful in this world. I think she definitely will be. You know, Effie, when it comes to you, like, and you're now being so involved in pro wrestling, uh, was, there, is, was there someone specific? Was there an event, a wrestler, that really wanted you and made you become a professional wrestler? I joke a lot of the time that I'm the queer Tony Blanchard, but my dad set me up to worship Dusty Rhodes. And I watched so much Dusty Rhodes growing up. I really don't want Cody finding out I had his dad tattooed on my left foot. I'm really just into how he was this man of the people. He might have been a little big, but he could go in the ring. He could entertain the people. He could be a little bit goofy. And then when it mattered, he showed up and was tough. And so modeling around that where someone can kind of rally these voices together beyond somebody who doesn't even really look or act like them is so incredible to me. And so that's somebody I've always sort of had singly, singularly in my Mount Rushmore. Wow. F- Effie, tell, tell us and everybody that's listening some things that we might not know about you and why we should uh, watch an Effie match or an Effie promo. Kind of like, you know, in, in a minute, wrap it, you know, kind of. Tell us your story and, you know, get yourself over. I, uh, I got out of college and I was getting real drunk and I was doing a lot of drugs in a college town. And I sobered up after a psychedelic experience and found a trainer and said, look, there might be a glass ceiling to what wrestling is, but I'm going to bust my ass and see if I can actually figure out what's going on here. From there, I started using my video know-how. I started framing these indie stories that wouldn't have even had promos behind them. And I started trying to build myself around being this out there, different, openly homosexual person who could talk shit about the business, but also could take a punch to the face. And you knew it was coming. If I had talked enough shit in the promo, you knew I was going to get my ass kicked. And there's something very cool about that for me, being able to be outwardly outspoken, but also being able to take the hits when they come. So now I'm trying to build an empire. Uh, Tune into my Twitch where we can watch wrestling together check out my Twitter where we can talk shit or just go watch my matches on YouTube. I'm an old school guy. I do a lot of goofy stuff. Of course, I like to have fun in the ring, but I'm also about winning. I usually say I figure it out about five minutes into the match that I'm actually uh, in a match. So there's something that clicks in me that makes me feel like I'm a, like I'm a big, violent, old school Southern star. And it turns on in a way that I think is unique to me. All right, Effie, how can people get in touch with you? How can they follow you on social media or maybe even buy some Effie merchandise? Everything everywhere is Effie Lives. It used to be Kill Effie, but nobody actually could kill me. So now it's <laughs> Effie Lives. 
Uh, my Twitter is Effie Lives. My Instagram is Effie Lives. My Twitch, if you want to come watch wrestling tonight at 8, is Effie Lives. And my pro wrestling tees is Effie Lives. And I also have a website, BFE.com. Be real careful typing that one in because if you just type in Beefy, that's a whole different category. But if you type yeah, in Beefy, a lot of pictures of Dreamer of come out. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. A true beefcake. <laughs> Effie, we were talking about drive-ins early, go, like going to the drive-in to watch a movie or to watch wrestling or, you know, like yeah. a rock concert. Would you rather go to a drive-in movie with me, Dave LaGreca, Tommy Dreamer, or Mark Henry? Holy mackerel. Um, see, I just, I would love to go with Tommy, but I feel like he's going to talk over the whole movie. Holy, are you going to talk through the whole movie? No. No, I'll well, listen wait, to you. Wait, wait, I'll listen wait, to everything you got to say, Effie. Wait a second, Bully. Wait, <laughs> Effie. Before you answer this question, really think hard. I'll I'll pay for the ticket and I'll probably buy snacks. Oh my! Mark gosh. and Tommy will eat the snacks, like, and, 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 and Bully will probably track. leave before it's over. So go ahead. <laughs> no chance. I feel like opposites attract Bully. I think we have a lot opposite about us, but I think we have more in common. And Dave, this is no shot, but I think me and Bully are going to go to the movies. Snacks on me. I mean, you know what, Effie? Me and Effie Effie, going to the movies. You know, you know what, Effie? I didn't even want you on, so that tells you everything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, guns, guns, Gabby and Bully. Just so you know, guns, Gabby and Bully had to force you. No, I'm going to kidding, Effie. You were great, even though you don't want to go see a movie (laughs) with me. That's fine. Um, Appreciate the time. Get the seats back. This Effie. I'm telling you. I like him. I'm like, I might buy an Effie. I might buy an Effie shirt, Bully. Is there an Effie Whoa. shirt I can buy, Bully? Yeah, can I buy Effie an lives. Effie shirt? Effie lives. Effie lives. You got to buy a shirt now. Got, I'm going to the movies with him. I got some cool skeleton shirts. Come on. That's that's sick. I got, I got a bunch of designs. I end up getting bored and just paying too many designers, so I have cool shirts of myself. That's great. You got skeleton shirts. Dave's got skeletons in his closet. You guys should hit it off just fine. You know what, Effie? I'm buying one. I'm buying one. And you know what, Effie? Even though you know you don't like me and you won't go to a movie with me, it's okay. I hope Whoa. our I hope our nation supports you, and I hope they buy a shirt. I hope they follow you on social media, and I hope they go to YouTube to watch some matches. I know I will. Super sick. Thank you, guys. All right, Thanks, Effie. Thanks Effie. so Take much care, for your time. Man. Appreciate. All right, thank you, Effie. On a get yourself over Monday. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. You ready to get to the Busted Open Nation? Let's go. All right, let's go out to Anthony in Jacksonville. Anthony, what do you want to say about Tessa Blanchard? Hey, I was wondering. So you know how um, with the controversy that comes with her, could you see her one day being a mainstream uh, star somewhere else, maybe as in like WWE or possibly internationally? Well, I mean, and Anthony, that's the question. Because I think she has a you know a reputation of being one of the best female wrestlers. Forget about reputation; she is. I mean, she she really is. 
She is one of the best female wrestlers right now. Um, there is controversy around her. Again, she is definitely you know, had somewhat of a, a dark cloud around her just from some reports and things that have been said. I have not wist, witnessed any of this, but there have been people that have claimed this, people that, uh, you know, that I respect and that I know. So I, I don't know how true or not true certain things are. Uh, but, you know, in and, and this current state, especially a company like the WWE bully that is a publicly traded company, I mean, you know, would they take a chance on Tessa or, you know what, would a company like the WWE, you know, make people forget about her past? Because there's a lot of people that don't know who Tessa Blanchard is. The hardcore pro wrestling fan bully knows who Tessa Blanchard is. But when you deal with the WWE, you're dealing with the mainstream. There's a lot of people who don't know who Tessa Blanchard is. This is a chance, like you said, to be molded by a major company and also to be talked to and being taught on the right way to do things as well. And maybe people forget about the past and make a new beginning for Tessa Blanchard. If WWE, here's a hypothetical, if WWE was really interested in Tessa Blanchard and they wanted to make sure that she had the right attitude and be molded in the WWE way, both in ring and outside of the ring, what you do with her is you you tell her, listen, we'd love to sign you, but we want you to be at the PC for three months or six months or whatever it is. And you see how her attitude is towards that. Because at 24 years old, if you had to go spend three to six months at the PC to maybe learn the WWE system, that's not a horrible thing. No. And then in that six month, three to six months, people kind of forget about you. Thus, when you come back onto TV, it's a big deal. That's just one way to go about it. Plus, they see how your attitude is about, about going to the PC. If Tessa Blanchard hypothetically would be like, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to spend three months at the performance center. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. That shows you, and you could take Tessa's name out of the equation. You could put any 24-year-old wrestler who's achieved the same level of success that she has into that equation, and if their attitude is, no, I'm not going there, I'm bigger and better than that, well, then you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. And, and, and everything in wrestling is a test anyway, so it, you see how they, if they fail or pass that test. And, you know, a couple of years ago, the WWE did have an opportunity to sign Tessa Blanchard. And they decided not to, which a lot of people were shocked by because Tessa Blanchard is that good. So I don't know. Was she that good then, Dave? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought she was. Okay. I thought when they had the Mae Young, like I thought she kind of was a standout. I was I was surprised that you're not actually going to hire her or have her go through the developmental system at least. I'm not saying that she was good enough to throw on the main roster. And I still think, you know, the way the WWE does things, the fact of her age, she probably should and would benefit from going through the performance center. But there was reasons why they did not hire. Now there's reports. There's reports about she didn't get along with people then and that the, she wouldn't go through the developmental system. Now those are reports. I don't know if they're true. But again, they did not hire her. I'm wondering if they would hire her now. And like you said, if she made a name for herself in a positive way that the WWE would hire her. I think AEW with... 
you know, with her dad working there, I think that would be beneficial uh, about hiring. But I'm wondering if companies like, like a company like AEW, are they afraid of the backlash? True or not, Bully, true or not, if the reports are true or not, there is going to be a backlash when a company signs a Tessa Blanchard. It's whether you want to stand by her, not care about that backlash, and wondering, hey, that's just a wave that's going to pass when you do sign a Tessa Blanchard. I mean, the wave that you're talking about is the social media wave. And yes. how long do you think that wave would last? It, uh, it depends whether those reports are true or not. If the reports are not true and there's no concrete evidence of it, it will pass. If those things did happen and there is concrete evidence of those things happening, as you know, but it's going to it's going to it's going to come out in the wash. It's going to come out again and it's going to bite a company in the ass. You see, one of the worst things a talent can do is go out the wrong way. I'm not saying that Tessa did, but let's say hypothetically that these reports are true, that she wouldn't even film a video for Impact Wrestling, whatever. There's a right way and a wrong way to, to do things in the wrestling business, and you always want to go out on good terms and in a good way. So if she wouldn't give Impact videos at the end of her contract, what that immediately tells another company or another owner is, oh, she was a bit difficult to do business with on her way out. I'm not saying she is. I'm saying if the reports are true, that's the perception that you create. I'm going to take, I'll take you back to like when uh, Medusa dropped the WWE Women's Championship into the garbage on Nitro, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, oh my God, that's such a, that was that took so much balls. I can't believe she did that. Good for her. Blah, blah, blah. Things like that are not good for anybody's career because all you're doing is telling other companies if she'll drop one of Vince McMahon's belts in a trash, there might come a day when she'll drop our belt in a trash. You don't set a good precedent by doing things like that. You don't set a good precedent by burning bridges. You don't set a good precedent by, um, you know, not going out, you know, the right way. What did Vince McMahon uh, call it when he wanted Brett to lay down for Sean? You know, like whatever he said, doing the favor, going out the right way, yeah. whatever the terminology was that he used it. There's always a right way and a wrong way to do business. And if you do business the wrong way on the way out, of one company, all you're doing is telling everybody else that if you did poor business on the way out of one company, you might do poor business with me also. And you, and you know what? It's, it could come back to bite in the ass. Like, you know, we talked about Shawn Michaels before, like the Midnight Rockers when they were at the AWA. When they got a, a deal with the WWF, they talked a lot of shit. They made problems. They, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't an easygoing goodbye. What happened? Things did not work out in the WWF first time around. They had to go back to the AWA. You know, listen, things did not work out for WCW. You never know when you're going to have to go back, and you don't want to do it with a tail between your legs. Let's go out to Michael in North Carolina. Michael, what did you want to say about Tessa? Gentlemen, if I was Vince, I would absolutely sign her, and here's the reason. You can never, ever, ever have enough star power, ever. WWE has a ton of depth on the women's division, but how many, let's be honest, how many ladies truly move the needle? I think there are four who clearly do that. Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Asuka, uh, those are the four in my mind. Are there other ladies on the main roster? Um, Bianca, she certainly has that potential. 
Um, and as and when it comes to uh, NXT, uh, Rhea and Io Shirai obviously do as well. But we all know that that transition to the main roster doesn't always go as expected. Shayna is the proof of that right now. Uh, so in my opinion, they've got four ladies on the roster with genuine star power. Two of those are out of commission right now. So you can never have enough. Think about we always wax poetic about the Attitude Era. There were 10 guys on that roster at any point in time who could have took the ball and ran with it and been major draws. And for that reason, I would sign that girl in a heartbeat. I was actually thinking of what uh, Bully had said, uh, sign her and let her lay low for six months, let this stuff blow over a little bit. If it's at the PC or if it's taking some time off, whatever the case may be, let some of the, you know, the controversy blow over. But I would sign her in a heartbeat. All right, Michael, and you're going by true talent, though. You know, you just talked about not always does NXT talent translate to the main roster, but now you're talking about a talent that's not even in a, a part of the WWE. So, you know, you are always taking a chance because there's the way things are done in pro wrestling, and then there's the way things that the WWE does some things. And again, just from spec- speculation and reports, like, you know, she did not get along with her fellow wrestlers in the locker room. Again, you know, you, there's a lot on social media. Now, a lot of that is just not from dirt sheet writers and fans. A lot of things that have been saying, been said about uh, Tessa Blanchard, Bully, have been from other pro wrestlers. It seems from the outside looking in that the WWE's women's division gets along swimmingly in the locker room. You know, are you going to take a chance to bring somebody in that could corrode that from the inside out? I, I don't know, Bully. It, again, these are questions that, you know, these companies are going to have to ask themselves before they make a hire. Do you know what one of the first questions um, the WWE will ask you to your face or ask other people about you? And this is a big deal with Vince McMahon. This is a Vince McMahon question. What's that? Is he or she a good human being? I've heard the question. Vince has said to me, is he a good human being? I've heard them say it. I've heard the question asked, are you a good human being? They genuinely want good people there because they don't want people to rock the boat. Now, when I say rock the boat, rocking the boat has taken on a complete life of its own these days in WWE to the point where you basically can't say a word. You might as well plead the fifth because you can't plead the first. Um, They want good people there because they don't want things going on outside of the company that's going to bring negative heat onto them. There are things that have gone on in the past, might be going on currently that, you know, bring uh shed a light on the company that they don't want they want good human beings how do i know i've experienced it so when they sit down and talk to a talent like a tessa or anybody else that's what they're feeling out for is this person a quality person is it a good are they a good human being and when you get down to the when you ask the most basic of basic questions dave a good human being a good person Is Dave a good person? Is Gabby a good person? Is Guns a good person? Is Bully a good person? No. (laughs) No, because we know the world of the WWE is not just what you see on that TV screen. 
There's a lot more that goes into the world of WWE and their superstars that I can understand that question being the first question that's asked because it makes a lot of sense. Now, I can't answer. I can only answer from if you ask me from my dealings with Tessa Blanchard, is she a good person? Every time I've had any kind of interaction with her, whether it's on the phone, on the show or outside of the show from dealing with her when she's been a part of our show in in studio. She seems like a good human being. But you know what? I can't answer that as far as somebody who's worked with her. You know, have, you know, people who've worked with her have a different answer for that. I don't know. Would would executive is uh, at Impact Wrestling have a different answer than mine? Probably. I don't know. See, Dave, when a person comes on the show, it's a very, it's something easy to do. They're coming on the show. We're giving them time. They're getting themselves over. They're putting themselves over. In the wrestling business, people change when it comes to the push and when it comes to championships. They seem to forget sometimes that we live in the world of entertainment and nobody really wins and nobody really loses, but they get caught up in themselves. I'm not saying that this happened to Tessa. I'm saying that this can happen to a lot of talent, especially at 24 years old, especially with social media. You start buying into your own hype, okay? You start thinking that you're the cat's meow and that you might be a little bit better than a company might deem that you are. And this is where this negative connotation can come in with certain talents. I'm sure you've heard these stories before. Yes. Yes, of course. And you know what? Age is a factor and you're right. You know, she is only 20. It sounds incredible because she's been a part of the wrestling world for so long. She is only 24 years old. And Dave, you got to remember the, the, the wrestling world that Tully and Magnum have been preaching to her is not the wrestling world of today. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.